So welcome everybody Thank you for to, listening to uh, Dork Tunes, hosted by Tunes. Pete Boyle, produced and edited so by Lastomar Productions. Join us for the next week. episode. And I'm delighted to introduce our guest this week, and maybe actually he should. Hi there, uh, my name is Kevin Penkin. I'm an Australian composer uh, who has done music for games such as uh, Florence and uh, upcoming games such as uh, Necrobarista. These are two um, Melbourne indie games uh, that are very exciting. And in addition to that, I also do uh, anime music out of Japan. And uh, some of the uh, titles I've worked for, uh, or on rather, anime have been uh, Made in Abyss uh, mm. um, and also the uh, Rising of the Shield Hero and then I'm also working on an upcoming anime, one of which has been announced, which is uh, a uh, Netflix anime, an original Netflix anime called Eden, which is being directed by um, the uh, same director as uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is quite fun. Mm. Yeah, I've seen the Eden thing and it looks amazing. That's Netflix, uh, isn't it? Uh, it is next year, it is 2020, um, and uh, yeah, they're really fantastic team, um, and uh, obviously I'm, I'm privy to, to what it looks like, and uh, uh, I, could, I could definitely tell it's been made with a lot of heart, and um, yeah. obviously, I, you know, they've only just started talking about it, so, um, so watch what I'm saying, but uh, really, really fantastic team, uh, and uh, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> cool. So... Kevin, tell me this. I just popped in my head earlier on. How did you get to where you are? Um, it helps. What made if you decide, you kind of, even to kind of go down this route? Yeah. Um, well, I suck at everything except <laughs> music, um, and I mean that in sort of like a, a discipline sort of sense. Uh, I I decided quite early on that music was going to be sort of what I studied. It was going to be my discipline. Um, and I kind of, for better or for worse, rejected every other sort of type of study that there was in any other sort of category of, <laughs> of tuition. So um, it was always going to be music. And then um, it was always going to be games as well. Originally, I wanted to do just games. Uh, and that that came off having a game cube, sort of mind oh, the idea of writing music with like with. So game yeah. cube was kind of. 
your thing. GameCube was GameCube was like that that first connection uh, to me uh, uh, for me rather, and from there um, it sort of went uh, from from that to to um, specifically because GameCube is obviously a um, uh, a Nintendo product. Started getting into in Japan, and then from that, um, you know, there's a lot of crossover in terms of um, sort of. Uh, consumer base between video games and anime. There's a cultural crossover as well. Uh, so I, I, I quite quickly um, fell in love. Got into anime as well. Got into anime as well. You know, sort of did not a crash course, but there was a, a gradual, a gradual sort of, uh, uh, sort of look into you know Studio Ghibli films, things like that, and and that sort of kind of sealed the deal in terms mm. of wanting to do both. And then pursuing the idea of both games and anime, um, combined with um, coming here to London from Australia to do a postgraduate degree, it sort of it, they eventually all sort of started colliding in in a kind of you know knock on wood, but so, so far successful ways, <laughs> yes. or at least um, uh, hired ways. Almost the stars started to align. It, it's it, it was very interesting because. Um, uh, the, uh, the sort of the two sort of really um, lovely successes that I've had, um, which I'm very, very grateful for, one's been anime, one's been a game. The anime came first, funnily enough, and then the game came later. Uh, that's yeah. alluding to uh, Made in the Abyss and Florence, which have done, yeah, really, really nicely. It's been really, really incredible to be part of those. But it was just kind of strange how there would always be like this, okay, one one from this category and one from that one and then one from the other one and then it was just kind of they're somehow keeping each other in check in terms of um, medium um, which is kind of interesting and I'm sure has absolutely no sort of I'm sure it's purely coincidence but but there you go it's yeah it's been a fun ride so far cool cool so how did Florence happen to you well Florence um, because it's an Australian game, um, uh, the community is quite tight knit in, in in Australia, specifically Melbourne, but you know around Australia, um, and it's a really fantastic community to be part of. Um, my uh, best friend and uh, agent Fabian Malabello, he runs an audio agency, and I've been with him for years. Uh, we've done quite a few projects together, uh, and then. Um, Florence is is one of them. Necrobarista, the one I mentioned at the start of the show as well, is is another one all, uh, through Fabian. And um, he he and uh, Studio Mountains, uh, uh, specifically uh, Ken Wong, uh, they were talking a lot. I believe Camina as well, Camina Vincent. Um, so it was uh, Ken Camina and um, and Fabian talking fairly early on before I was involved about you know what they wanted to create and. Once um, sort of the team at Mountains have decided the, at least the sort of the basic form of what game they wanted to create uh, that it would eventually become Florence, um, Fabian sort of uh, threw my hat into the ring, so to speak, and um, got me to write um, some sort of uh, some sort of basic concept music, if you will, image music. Mm-hmm. And uh, that actually turned out to be the first half of the main theme for Florence. So that was a... Uh, a, 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 it was a relative stab in the dark. There was descriptions. I believe there may have been the uh, uh, the Florence GIF, uh, the uh, you know the, the yellow background with the hair flowing in the air. Uh, yeah. It may have had. I may have had that GIF. Maximum that. 
um, everything else was um, was still sort of kind of in the dark. Yet it um, yet it worked out really well. There was uh, you know talking about um, using keywords such as intimacy, things like that. That that was very very uh, prevalent in our early conversations. So hmm. um, yeah, that that's how it sort of started to come about. It's funny actually because I, I I bought and played Florence recently. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it was certainly different. <laughs> Yeah. I loved it. Flor- it was brief, obviously, but um, yeah. I think the thing that got me, I, I love the title track. That is just, it's beautiful. Um, and I have to admit, I spent the, today in my office on my own, and I was listening to you, Lena Rain, and Joel Bill all day. I think I, I saw that there. tweet, actually. I think I saw that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I'm not familiar with Joel Bill. Um, He's, I don't um, think I recently. Am. He did Fay. Fay game, okay. Yeah, and it's beautiful. If you if you look for um, a track on the album, it's called Skogan, which is probably one of my favorites. It is my favorite, actually. It's beautiful. Yeah. Gotcha. Really, okay. Like that. Um, and we've chatted to Joel previously on the on the show. He's really really nice guy and super oh, nice. talented. Yeah. From Gothenburg. <clears throat> yes. Um, so, obviously, Florence has become this massive thing. You know, you were nominated for a BAFTA. This is correct. This is uh, that is some that is some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're what, twenty seven? I turned twenty second. Uh, sorry, I turned twenty seven on the twenty second of May of this year. So yeah, it's been a it's been a ride so far. <laughs> Belated happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you. But um, yeah, I mean, twenty-seven nominated for a BAFTA. That kind of it blows my mind. It must kind of do the something similar to you. Yeah, it was um, it was really nice. Um, obviously it was um, because well, it was kind of funny when it happened because I was kind of going through security at Heathrow, and it's mm-hmm. not really advised that you refuse to put down your phone as you're going through security. They don't tend to right. take that very. They don't tend to take that very lightly when you say, "I really don't want to put down my phone right now because I'm getting text messages really from people watching this. Yeah, I'm getting people, like messages saying, you know, this is happening, and, and yeah. they're saying, sir, put your phone down, walk through the metal detector.' Um, so that that was how I found out, uh, and then um, and then I got on a, I think it was a, ten or. 12-hour flight to Los Angeles. So, yeah, a, a, bit, a bit of celebration on the on the plane. Managed to do a cheeky Facebook update before. Um, obviously, um, knowing sort of, um, knowing what BAFTA does for the games industry uh, and, and the recognition of people, uh, the, uh, the, the composers that not only this year were nominated and recognized, but in previous years as well, that's, that's quite intense to, to be in that company. Uh, it was really nice, especially um, to, to have um, Lena Rain up there as well, nominated. Mm. Uh, Lena's a, I'm happy to call Lena a friend now. We got to meet up and um, chat and stuff. And, uh, yeah, a really, really cool person to, uh, to hang out with. So it was nice to yeah, see cool. some friends there. It was nice to see some people you, 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 um, you aspire to become up there. It was, a, it was a nice little eclectic mix. And, uh, think- of course, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what you mentioned about you and Lena becoming friends and stuff, and you see, you mentioned about Melbourne and kind of Australian 
composers and kind of that side of stuff is really kind of small. Everybody knows everybody. And it's kind of similar over here as well. And everybody yeah. looks after everyone. You know? I think and it's I think, really important. Yeah, totally. You know, and but it's been really nice, to, as you said, to see the kind of recognition that BAFTA have been giving to video game music. And basically everybody's been giving it. I mean, look at the day after that I did um, EGX, David Houston, who was on the panel, was nominated for an Ivor Novello. That's yeah, kind of and David, David's the mate as well. Uh, and um, I'm really happy for him. He's a lovely guy to hang out with, killer composer. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, would, I have to admit, I would have stayed a bit longer that day, but my, tra my train was, you know, booked, so I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand. And Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you've got to travel, you've got to travel. It's got to happen. Yeah, and speaking of travel, you're moving back to Melbourne, is that correct? Oh, yes. I'm moving in 10 days, which is, uh, which is well, at, at the time of recording this interview, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't this has been a long you. time I mean, coming. <laughs> really? You, yeah, I mean, you don't, you, you don't know this, but I actually used to live in Melbourne. You're kidding. No, I used to live on the corner of um, Flinders Station on the way down oh, to, mate. yeah, opposite the... Um, Casino. That's really cool. Yeah, the Crown Casino. I used, uh, what's the, yeah, the Crown? Good old Crown. I don't know whether <laughs> it still does it, but I know at night time when I was there, I mean, it's a long time ago now, um, they used to have these um, pillars, and every hour on the hour, they used to rise, and there would be, like, flames coming out of them and stuff. Uh, they might. I'll let you know as of 10 days from now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm... Well, the thing is, for me, Australia's home, and even though I'm not from Melbourne originally, I'm from Perth mm -hmm. originally, but uh, there's um, there's a lot of, um, how to describe it, I'm, I'm not from London, and my DNA and everything about, like, every fibre of my being tells me that, and I've given it a good shot, and I feel like I've done enough to, to go home and, and just sort of, you know, be in my community... Uh, like, and when I say my community, I mean like you know, it's it's it, it's uh, it's not just Aussies, but it it it's the type of community that uh, I, I feel at home the most in. Even though mm -hmm. there's so many lovely people here in the UK, which I'll miss a lot. But I think once you where your sort of heart is, you, you kind of go for that. So yeah, that was that was the reason behind the move. I've been here for six years. And yeah, I mean, I think time. Totally but, get where you're coming from. <laughs> you know, I'm originally from Dublin. <laughs> you know, I'm originally from Dublin. Yeah. I live in Leeds. Leeds is my home now. For as sure. much as I like going back to Dublin, it doesn't feel quite right. So I totally yeah. get you. Certain and places we, are really good to visit. Certain yeah. places are great to visit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have to admit, though, it's been a long time since I lived in Melbourne, but I still miss it. I've got family and friends who are living there. Um, For sure. It's such an incredible place. It just blew my mind when I went. It, it's a, it's a well-fun part of town. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. well-fun part of Australia. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be there. And I'm going to get pets and everything's going everything's gonna to be well. <laughs> I want pets. I can't have pets in my flat in, in You want a uh, dog, or, dog or a cat? 
Oh, I'm inheriting two cats, and then we're going to go from there. <laughs> That'll be enough for now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yes, I am moving about. I mean, it was difficult enough for me to travel from Dublin to Leeds, lock, stock, and barrel. I can only imagine how difficult it is for you to transport all of your stuff. Um, by all of my stuff, uh, I actually actually run off a uh, 2014 MacBook Pro. That's my entire that's my entire computer power, all 16 gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm in desperate need of an upgrade. But uh, every single soundtrack I've ever done since 2014 has been on this computer that I that I'm speaking to you on now. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm working on a couple of projects right now. Uh, it's been announced that Main Abyss has a, an, another movie coming out, and uh, so we're working on that right now. And uh, the amount of RAM that's being compressed by my computer is, is pretty shocking. It's like, oh, you have 16 gigabytes of RAM, yet you're opening 20 gigabytes worth of software. <laughs> <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> how is this black? How is this computer not blown up yet? I mean, I, I appreciate the black magic, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Um, it's literally. I mean, I, I like. I've got speakers, but I'll I'll um, sell them onto my flatmate, and then it's just a um, cheeky Apollo twin interface. Uh, I've got a got a keyboard waiting for me in Melbourne, and get some new speakers at some point, and, and an extra screen, and happy days. I mean, it's not ideal for like future. It's it's not future proof, but it it gets the job done. And you know, I still I still I'm actually I'm like. I think three or four years out of college now, but I still have a bit of that mentality sometimes, that student mentality, cool. or the college mentality, where you just try to save every penny unless you really need to spend it. a lot going on at the moment with the move and you know Florence is out in the BAFTAs you know, all that kind of stuff what's next well this year has been a very interesting year so far I mean it's been uh, the busiest year by far uh, mm-hmm. which has been really really good but it has opened my eyes a little bit to, to lifestyle choice which is you know it folds into what we were talking about before in, in terms of moving to a place you, you really want to be um, you know, environment's really, really key for me right now uh, because the work is continuing to flow and there's, um, there's some unannounced projects as well, which 
uh, unfortunately I can't talk about, but you know, they're, yep. they're great projects and you want to, you want to be in sort of tip top physical and also I think even more importantly, mental shape um, to, to, to attack them. Cause you know, when you've done something uh, which uh, has received um, a very positive critical acclaim or has been um, sort of recognized on some uh, on award circuits and things like that, that's very, very nice. And, you know, it, it's nice to acknowledge it at the same time, then being able to pull back and, and sort of forget it all and then go back to sort of what you were doing before in terms of, but also raising your standards at the same time is, yeah. is quite an interesting balancing act. And do you think that because of Florence and because of things, popularity, that there is an almost a, there's a pressure on you or do you put that on yourself? Um, I don't know if there's a difference between um, having pressure uh, put upon you and then maybe how you actually sort of deal with that pressure is how you put it upon yourself. But uh, I've, I've definitely become, for lack of a better, uh, for lack of a better word, become a lot more anal about my music since, since uh, those, those two uh, sort of initial um, sort of big projects. And so, you know, when I wrote Florence and when I wrote Made in the Abyss, they were all done from quite an innocent point of view, for lack of a bit of uh, sort of example. You know, there, there was no pressure really based on the past to really, um, you know, it must be this or it must be that. They, they, were, they were quite sort of experimental or exploratory soundtracks for me. Now that they've happened, it's interesting to just sort of see how... Ref- referring back to what you did in previous soundtracks, mm. even if it's not a, even if it has no direct link to what you're doing now, sort of the, trying to get back to that stage of, of, of feel it like sort of almost letting go of a lot of, you know, sort of baggage or, or, or worrying about, about certain, uh, like certain expectations. It's been an interesting sort of challenge. It's definitely one I'm, I'm still working on because, mm. you know, the problem is, at least my problem is that I don't want to be just as good. I want to be better. And that's a very, very, very slippery slope um, because while I guess striving to do better than what you did last time is, is really important, you know, everything's different. And so the idea of doing something different instead of better has, has been an interesting sort of uh, way to think about sort of the new projects. So in that sense, doing, doing different things has no pressure. Doing the same thing better has pressure, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, 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 can, I can see that and hear that. You know, um, I was just thinking, <clears throat> with Florence, how did you actually approach kind of writing for it? Well, um, I mentioned the word intimacy. From everything yeah. else that you've done. In that well, um, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, actually, yeah, I think it'd be. Uh, I think I would explain a bit of coming from a slightly different sort of uh, point of view, which is that um, every soundtrack that I do is sort of uh, every sort of musical parameter or sonic parameter is sort of distilled down from. Uh, sort of certain visual parameters, visual cues, uh, certain story elements. Um, so it's a very, yeah, I have a very visual way of writing, but in a in a quite literal sense. Uh, so so for example, with Lawrence, um, the uh, 
the style, the, the visual style of the game is very comic book-esque. And so it's quite, there's only like a couple of colors on the page or on the screen at the same time. And so the idea of, of uh, just being able to use four or five instruments maximum for the entire soundtrack, it kind of it fits perfectly within the visual aesthetic. Um, and then um, one, the, one of the main instructions from, from Ken, the, uh, the, the uh, creative lead for Florence, was that he wanted uh, Florence to be represented by a, ch- uh, a piano and Krish, the, the main love interest of the game, to be represented by a, uh, by a cello. So uh, that, th- those sort of uh, core b- building blocks were already there. I knew that I wanted really small and intimate, and uh, Ken knew that he wanted piano and cello uh, to, to sort of represent the main character. So again, very, very visual. Uh, so that's probably why we worked really well together because we actually respond quite visually to each other um, in a weird way. Um, if, if I was to take that idea of uh, distilling sonic parameters from literal visuals uh, and apply it to, say, uh, another, uh, another project like uh, Made in Abyss, Made in Abyss is um, extremely sort of Studio Ghibli in terms of aesthetic. Uh, it's very watercolor based, and so the idea of having a collage of sounds made perfect sense in in that in that particular project. So the idea that the, the process is exactly the same, but the results are different based on the idea that you're you're just taking what's literally in front of you, or what you're literally looking at, and, and trying to boil it down into a into some sort of um, musical idea. I was talking to, as you know, I was speaking to with John Hillman before, and he was saying about the approach that he had. He basically had the idea of what he wanted in his head, and he had some stuff down. And then one night, his wife and kids went to bed, and he was just sat in front of the piano, and that actually became the album. It really, really quiet, gentle very emotive obviously in the yeah. subject matter you know i think well yeah i think john um, doesn't actually get the praise that he needed that he not that he needs he should for that soundtrack because it's one of my one of my personal favorites it's absolutely stunning um what, and, one thing i've learned about yeah sorry please go on no 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 it's just like one of the pieces on that album still makes me cry even just listening to it or thinking about it. And that's the power of music, I think. For sure. Um, It's interesting. I mean, I don't, I I don't know. uh, I I don't, um, I'm not familiar with his personal story or anything like that. So, um, you know, I I have to speak in sort of slightly more general terms, but especially with that sort of subject matter, that, that, that heavy subject matter uh, with uh, Dragon Cancer, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know where he drew it from. What I've yeah. figured out so far is that most people by uh, 27 to 30 have probably experienced some form of quite traumatic personal shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's going to sort of leave a couple of scars moving forward. Um, and, and, and so I don't know whether he was privy to that subject matter in his um, personal life, and it's obviously not my business, but, you know. No, no, it's I quite well imagine, known. Uh, um, the, basically, the, the child in question um, was a, f- a, f- a friend's child. Yeah. So he, he knew the couple very well, so, you know, he was close to them, so. Yeah. Um, 
No, I. Um, yeah, it is very difficult because I, I I'm trying to imagine because he was saying his wife and kid was in, in bed, and then he just goes to the piano, and then that was it. I mean, that's because mm. you know I can only imagine what would be going through one's mind late at night, especially if you're thinking about this subject matter, and then your 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 wife and your kid are sleeping peacefully in the next room, and then you know yeah. you just sat there, and then you have to talk about something that, um, in theory, harms those closest to you. So. Yeah, that's, that's rough. I mean, it, it's incredible, but it is, you know, it is difficult to, to, to tap into that. So you've got to go, you got to go to some dark places, man. It's not easy. Thank you for listening to Dork Tunes, produced and edited by Lester Productions. Join us for the next episode.